Okay. Good morning, everyone. Do you want to come and uh, take your seats again if you're at the back? Good morning in the balcony. Good morning, everyone down here as well. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Great. Well, it's great to be here again for another Sunday, a sunny Sunday, a bit cold today, but lovely to be here. My name's Nev, in case you don't know who I am, I'm one of the pastors of the church here, and um, I'm going to be continuing our series in the Gospel of Luke, uh, and we're going to be in chapter 8 again this morning, so if you're wanting to follow, we're going to be there. I'm going to be reading from the ESV, so you've got different versions on your phone if that's what you look at, that's the version I'm going to be using. Um, And I want to ask you a question just as we start, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Well, this is actually the question Jesus asked his disciples, and we're going to hear that in a moment in the text we're looking at. And I believe it's uh, that Jesus is still asking that question of his disciples, i.e. you and me, if you're a follower of Jesus. That's a question he still asks of us today. Where is your faith? In just a moment, we're going to hear three biblical accounts of the power of Jesus and we'll think about what we might learn about faith in him through these stories. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've looked at one or two or three verses each Sunday for the last couple of weeks. Today we're looking at a lot of verses, 22 right the way through to that's, uh, Luke 8, 22, um, all the way through to the end of the chapter, which is verse 56. So it's quite a lot. But it's good. The word of God is good and it's good for us to hear it. And I have faith that Jesus wants to speak to us this morning through his word. But I wonder, do you, do you believe in Jesus' power? Oh, good. Thanks. Good. Do you believe in his power over all things? Uh, tentative, yes, yes, maybe, yes, yes, yes. Hopefully by the end, it will be a resounding yes. And sometimes I feel we, uh, we know these things and we say, yeah, I do believe in Jesus' power and his power over all things. But sometimes we, we just need to be reminded of it and be, remind ourselves. And I just believe this morning, this is an opportunity for us to just be reminded of the power of Jesus over all things. And I wonder if you would, sitting here this morning, you would think and say, that you rely on Jesus in all aspects of your own life, from the very smallest of things to the biggest of things? Do we rely on the power of Jesus? Do we look to him? I remember (coughs) uh, when I was in my uh, early 20s, I was about 20, I think, 19 or 20, uh, I got the opportunity to do a bit of traveling um, I had a year out, and um, I decided to go to Hawaii. 
I thought, hey, why not, eh? <laughs> uh, I remember, like, I just picked up the telephone, you know, the one that you used to do that with, and the kind of went around. Uh, no internet then, and, um, or not much of it. And I phoned the travel agent, and I booked a return ticket to go to Hawaii for a month on my own. It was great. Loved it. Um, but I remember when I was there, I thought, okay, I'm here in Hawaii, and this is known as one of the biggest surfing regions in the world. Um, huge waves. They have the pipeline contests where they have these pro surfers riding through the waves that curl over so much, they, they ride through the pipe. And uh, I thought, well, I'm in Hawaii. I should go surfing, right? You know, come on. Um, so I hired a surfboard. I walked out to the sea, and I thought, right, here I am. I'm in control. I'm in, I have the control, and I know what I'm doing. I can hire the surfboard. Yep, I'll do that myself. I'm walking into the sea. I'm in control. I get on my surfboard. I'm paddling. I'm in control of what I'm doing here. And then I started to kind of see the size of these waves coming towards me. And I was like, well, these, are, these are bigger than whales. Uh, <laughs> wow. I was like, whoa. And I don't know if you know uh, much about surfing, particularly in Hawaii, is that there's like the, the reef, the coral reef that's underneath that can help create these massive waves. But the thing with having a coral reef right underneath is that if you fall in, it's very sharp and very dangerous if you land on it and you hit it. And I kind of suddenly realized that as I was looking down because it's crystal clear water. Oh, okay, right, right. <laughs> and then I turned around and I'd like to make out I'm a really good surfer. I'm not. I'm, I was basically a beginner. I didn't really know what I was doing. I've done a bit of bodyboarding. So I was like, okay, here we go. And then the first wave comes, and I go, whoa, and I try and get up on it, and then crash, I'm in the sea. And all I remember is it almost like it went into slow motion. It was like, pfft, my whole body was just like at the mercy of the waves, and I thought, okay, I was in control when I hired the surfboard. I was in control when I went out and I paddled out. I'm completely not in control now. I've completely lost control, and I am at the mercy of these waves. And I was thinking in my head, I was just waiting for it. When, am I, when is my back going to smash against this coral reef, and I'm going to have some awful accident? And I was like, God, help me. <laughs> Lord, protect me. Where was my faith now? It definitely wasn't in myself and my own abilities. My faith was in, in God's hands. And by the grace of God, I survived that wave. And what did I do next? I came straight out and I didn't go back in. <laughs> I thought, no, no, no. You've got to know your limits. That's it. I'm not doing that again. And so I was very happy just to watch from a distance and watch the pros do it. But the thing is, and the reason I share that story, is it's an example of the fact that we can all have this natural tendency to put faith in ourselves in our own abilities, our own skills, our own knowledge, our own past experience. We think, yeah, we can do stuff based on those things, based on what we know. But the reality often is, it takes something out of our own power to happen. For example, it could be a, a sickness, a loss of a job, 
a family tension, something that's out of our control that can turn us, quite often it can be only at these times that we really turn to him and put our faith and dependence on him, partly because we feel like I've run out of my own resources. Jesus, I have to come to you. But why is it so often the case that it it takes a storm in our lives to pull us back to a place of full reliance and dependence and faith in Jesus? Because, you know, we're called to live by faith in every area of our lives each and every day. This can be the reality of it. As children of the Lord God Almighty, do we consistently recognize his power over all things, over all aspects of our lives? Do we remember to make the link between his power and our needs or the needs of those around us? Are we truly trusting in him? And so we come back to the question that Jesus asked of his disciples, where is your faith? Where is my faith? Where is our faith? So let's just take a moment to pray. Let's ask God right now to renew our faith in him right now as we read through his word. Father God, as we look at your word now, as we read these accounts, Jesus, of your power, I pray it would stir us, stir faith in our hearts afresh, renew our confidence in you and cause us to lift our eyes and our hearts and our minds again to you, that we would be people who can and will continually put our faith and trust in you, Jesus, who has power and authority over all things. pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to read through this, as I said, it's quite a long account, actually three stories. And as I do so, I just encourage you, even right now, to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now, to encourage you as you hear the Word of God. So I'm reading from Luke chapter 8, and we're starting from verse 22. And it says this, One day he, Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, Jesus got comfy, and he fell asleep. And then a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. Water's coming into the boat. Big storm here. And the disciples, they went and they woke Jesus, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing, look. And he awoke in the midst of this storm all around. And Jesus, what did he do? He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And what happened? It says, and they ceased. They stopped. There was calm. And Jesus said to his disciples, where is your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him? Wow. Then 
they sailed to the country of Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when Jesus has stepped out onto land, there he is, <clears throat> there he met a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he had worn no clothes and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. Wow, quite something, isn't it? Meeting a guy, no clothes, hanging out among the tombs. And when this man saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and he said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. That's Jesus. For many a time, it had seized him, this unclean spirit. And it was kept under guard. The man was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Wow, power, hey? Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So Jesus gave them all these demons that were within the man. He gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man... And entered the pigs. And the herd, they rushed down the steep bank and into the lake. And they drowned. Now when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and the country. Then people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone. Remember this guy who was wearing no clothes, running around in tombs? They now see this man sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country, of the Gerasenes, asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. Go, go, Jesus. So Jesus got into the boat. And returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And so he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, the other side, the crowd welcomed him. Quite a contrast. He's now being welcomed by the crowds, not being sent away. For they were actually all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet. See this theme, falling at his feet again. He implored him, Jesus, to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. So Jesus went. And as he went... The people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And although she had spent all her living on physicians trying to sort it out, she could not be healed by anyone. 
And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately, her discharge of blood ceased. Same word. The storm ceased. This discharge of blood ceased. It stopped. It was no more. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? And when all denied it, no, not me, not me, not me. Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that the power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. Look at me, I'm better. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler Jairus' house came and said, Jairus, your daughter is dead. So do not trouble this teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. I often read this. They, say, they laugh. I don't think it would have been a kind of laugh like, ha, ha. I think it would have been like, they're grieving. But they're like, what do you mean? She's dead. But taking her by the hand, Jesus, he called her saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned and she got up at once. And he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Wow. Isn't it amazing? I'm sure you've Many of you have heard those stories before, and they're quite familiar, but it's so good to hear them again, isn't it? To be reminded of the power and authority of Jesus. We've just heard three moments of Jesus' power on display. Firstly, Jesus' power over creation, over nature. He speaks to a storm, and immediately it stops. Secondly, we heard Jesus' power over dark forces. He converses with multiple demons and at his word they flee. And then thirdly, we hear this story of Jesus' power over sickness and death. He tells the bleeding woman her faith in him has made her well, and that's the case. And he encourages a parent to trust in him and he tells a child who has died to arise, and she does so. Do you see that in these accounts, Jesus, he does have, truly have power and authority over all things. O authority over the natural world, authority over the spiritual realm, and authority over human illness and even death. When the storm comes in that first account, Jesus is in the boat with his disciples. And the disciples, 
as you could imagine, they panic. In verse 24, we see they say, Master, Master, we are perishing. I wonder, have you faced storms in your own life? Maybe it wasn't a real storm in a boat. I was in a kind of big wave storm that I mentioned earlier, but storms could be seasons of difficult, trying, testing times in your life. Perhaps you're in one right now. I wonder what that is. And where is your faith during these times, during these storms? I can imagine that prior to waking, to, prior to waking Jesus, the disciples were uh, frantically rushing around, trying all they could to steady the boat. I mean, they're fishermen, so they've got some knowledge and experience. They're like, okay, come on, let's, you know, I'll try and go through what they do, but I have no clue what you do on boats. But, you know, let's try and do this, do that, sort out this, get the water out. You know, they're probably rushing around trying to sort out the problem for a while until they realize this is beyond us. This is, this is huge, this storm. We are at the mercy of these waves, of the sea. But then we see what happens in the story. It's only as they come to Jesus, bringing their needs before him, that that is when they experience breakthrough and the peace and the calming of the storm. It's as they come to him and they say, Jesus, help us. And just like that, Jesus calms the storm. I wonder, are you bringing the needs of your storm to him today? If you're in a storm, are you trying to deal with it yourself? Well, if I do this and do that, if I try harder here, if I sort this out, then maybe things will get resolved and be better. Of course, we have to do things. There are things that we do to help us in situations, in stormy seasons in our lives. But are you first and foremost coming to Jesus? Which way round do you have it? Is it, let me try on my own, and if that fails, then I'll come to you, Jesus? Or are we going, Jesus, I need you. Please help me to sort this out. And if you're not in a storm right now, are you going to prepare yourself now? This is the time to prepare yourself for a stormy time in your life when you're not in one. Say, I'm going to put the foundations in. I'm going to remind myself continually who Jesus is, that he has power over all things. I'm going to ask for his help in the smallest details of my life so that when the big things come, it's just natural for me to bring it straight to Jesus. Are you preparing yourself for storms to come? Jesus has the power to bring peace and calm. He has the power to still the storm. And perhaps you have done this recently and you have experienced peace and breakthrough. And if that's the case, praise Jesus. Amen. Praise him that he brings you through these times. We mustn't forget to thank him. Secondly, this moment of this, this kind of demonic moment where he meets this man in the, in the tombs. What about the dark forces that are at work in the world right now? Are you fearful of them? I mean, it's, you know, it's quite a terrifying thing. Even that story that we read, these demons kind of controlling this man, causing him to uh, break 
shackles that are put on him, like supernatural strength, can be quite terrifying. And the thing is, these spiritual dark forces, the devil, demons that we heard about in this passage, they're, they're real. They're very real. It, it is real. It's a reality in this world. But they're not to cause God's children to fear and tremble because who has power and authority over them? Jesus. Jesus rules over. He reigns over above it all. He has the power and the authority over these dark forces. At a word, he can cast them out. It says in verse 32, he gave uh, these demons permission. They were asking him. He gave them permission to go in those pigs. He, he reigns above it all. And then in the sickness and death, what about this? Well, we're all, we will all be affected by sickness and death in our time on this earth. It's, it's, it happens. We all face it at some point. And it's tough when we have to face it. When we lose a loved one, when we are sick, when someone we love is sick. It's really difficult. This woman had to deal with a discharge of blood, this condition that she had, not just for, you know, a few days or a few weeks, for 12 years. 12 years. Imagine that. A long, long time to be dealing with something like that. Said in verse 43, she spent all her living on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I go to that person, please, somebody help me. Nothing didn't work. Yeah, as she touched the fringe of Jesus' garment, she was instantly healed. Jesus' power restored the health of this woman, and Jesus has the power to heal today. Do you believe that? Yeah? I know it's hard to say that with conviction. I do believe that. And we don't always see it straight away. And that's difficult as well. But we have to trust in God's sovereignty, in his wisdom that is above our own. And sometimes God allows that we are in a place of suffering for some time. But he also can, does, and will heal as well. But the promise is that Jesus has the power to give us those who have put our faith and trust in him, the gift of eternal life. There's going to come a day when these mortal bodies will pass away. We will die in this body, but we will live a new eternal life in a new body where there will be no more pain, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more suffering. It's going to be glorious. And that is the promise of all the us who know Jesus. That is, what we, that is our future promise. There isn't an absolute promise that we're going to go through this life now without any sickness and suffering. But there is a promise that we're going to have an eternity with Jesus where we're not going to have that. But we saw in the story, the girl was raised from death. But of course, even for her, one day her mortal body would eventually die once again. I wonder, will we be those <coughs> who trust in Jesus, who trust that Jesus has the power and authority over all things? 
He can calm our storms. He can bring us peace in the midst of the storms, as I already mentioned. He can remove our fear and anxiety, even over the dark spiritual forces that are at work in the world right now. And by his great power, he can heal sickness and breathe life into our bodies. I was just reflecting as I was uh, preparing this and thinking about these things and just remembering that it's actually two years ago now. Um, quite a number of you will remember, some of you might not know, but um, not to uh, draw too much attention to or embarrass her, but Rachel was really unwell. My wife, Rachel, she was really, really sick from uh, uh, post-COVID, got COVID, and then was just, couldn't get out of bed, you know, for months. And it was tough. It was like, it was like no one really knew. Like, you know, the doctors didn't actually really know the answer. They couldn't say, well, it's all right. She'll go through and she'll get better here. They actually didn't know. And we didn't know. So there was a point where we were like, I mean, is this it now? Is this our life? Is, is this going to be it? Is, you know, is Rach not going to be able to do anything at all? And, um, and I remember it was tough, you know, had to really lean in on Jesus uh, and kind of trust him, ask for his peace, at the same time dealing with the reality of it. God, what is going on here? Why is this happening? And um, I'm thankful now I can stand here today and say that actually, she did make a full recovery. Rachel's sitting here today. She's completely well. Nothing left from that. Yeah, praise God. And we give glory to God for that. And I'm so thankful that that is the case. But had it not been, like I know there will be some who have to live with ongoing illness. Some of you here today have things you're still struggling with going through. What if that had been the case with Rachel if she had just carried on? Would I have continued to trust Jesus in the midst of that storm? The one who has power to bring peace and sustaining strength within the storm, no matter how long that storm will last. I'd like to say, yes, I would continue to trust in him, and that is my desire. But I know the reality of it is very tough, and that's where we have to lean on Jesus and also lean on one another. And I can say as well, just on, on uh, that season, that I, and I think I've said this before, but once again, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ, for the family of God, because I know through that time that you sustained us through the love of Jesus working through you. And that's a massive way that Jesus sustains us through the storms in this life. We're not to go through them alone. That's why we're part of the body of Christ, the church. We're to be here for one another. Let's share our burdens. Let's say, I'm in this storm right now. Will you help me? Will you stand with me in prayer? Because I'm feeling weak right now. And my desire would, is that this would be my response today, that I would be someone who continually puts my faith in Jesus, who has power and authority over all aspects of my life. And it's my prayer, and I hope it's going to be your prayer too, that we would be a church that displays the absolute trust in Jesus over all things in our life, in the life of this church. I mean, what a witness this will be to the watching world when they see that this is how we live. When people say, how are you going through this right now? How is that possible? 
And how are you still believing in this God that you say loves you? If they can see our trust in Jesus, what a witness that would be. In a moment, I'd love us to um, pray and then we're going to worship Jesus together. We're going to respond. We're going to sing and declare truth. And we're going to say, Jesus, yes, you are king of all kings. You are the one who has power and authority over all things. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, we don't use chariots and horses now, but what is that for you? Some trust in money, in our jobs, our family, whatever it is. Some trust in those things above all, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Who do we trust in? The name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. And Psalm 121 verses 1 to 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. For where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Love it if the band could come up. Um, We're going to sing in a moment. And I'm going to pray. But I want you just to think now. We've talked about trusting Jesus. Maybe right now you want to reflect for yourself and think, what am I trusting Jesus for right now? And what am I not trusting Jesus for right now? What Are you in a situation right now that seems beyond your control? Are you trying to sort it out yourself? Or are you trusting in Jesus? Let's reaffirm our faith and trust in him right now. Let's say, Jesus, yes, sorry, I look to you. Shall we stand? Jesus, we've just been reading these accounts of what you did.
Father God, because you can. And your word, that girl raised from the dead. 